All right, everyone, welcome back to the Launch School podcast. Today we have a current student with us, Trisha. Hi, Trisha. Hi, Brandy. We're super excited to have a conversation today. Um, Trisha reached out with, um, well, first of all, she's just an awesome student. I remember interviewing you actually, um, I think for your RB189 project. And I had done either an interview or a written or something previously. And I remember just being really impressed at the transition because I think during one of our earlier interviews, we had a big talk about confidence and um, how that affected your interview. And then you just blew me away during your 189 interview. Um, so now, and we'll, we'll talk about that, but now you're uh, into the front end curriculum. Uh, so let's start with just like what type of student you are. Like, are you full-time or part-time? Like, why are you at launch school? Uh, that type of stuff. Introduce yourself. Yeah. Um, I, I don't know what the definitions are for full-time, part-time, but it definitely feels like I'm a full-time student because I think I'm putting in the full-time hours, uh, but I'm still working. So I'm not sure uh, what that classifies me as. I think I'd say that I'm, I'd say I'm doing full-time hours. <laughs> let's just go with mm-hmm. that. Um, as far as large school, um, I'm actually an oncology nurse and I'm sure, yeah, and I'm sure you'll, uh, you'll have heard from a lot of healthcare workers that the pandemic really did a number on us. Mm-hmm. Um, and during that time, I realized the things that were important to me, I love my job. I love what I do with my patients. Um, I think I, I got to a point where I got very burnt out. Um, and also the job I was doing, I, I'd say I was pretty good at it. Um, partly because I'd been doing it for such a long time and I, I just got bored. (laughs) Mm -hmm. Um, and programming just works a different part of my brain that, um, that my job doesn't. And I just really enjoy, um, working that part of my brain and, and, um, basically just looked up programs, um, and the launch school pedagogy really resonated with me. It aligns with my own, um, values and beliefs regarding learning and education. So I decided to do it. And every week I'm finding more reasons why it was such a good idea to go with, with launch school. So, uh, yeah, that's awesome. Um, oncology. Wow. I think it, I don't know you that well, but it seems like you're pretty empathetic. So I guess that is a bit hard emotionally. I've heard that it can be also like very happy and there's good times, but Mm. also quite draining um, so stepping into something that's a bit more, um, less emotionally involved mm-hmm. might be a bit of a nice change. Uh, yeah, I feel I that so with too. not managing people anymore, <laughs> like stepping away mm. from being in charge of people is really nice, um, kind of in a similar mm. way. Uh, so are you full t- a full-time nurse still? Um, part-time to full-time because I still pick up, um, extra shift. So yeah, I'd say so. Part-time doing like 12 hour shifts. Yeah. (laughs) That's crazy. That's so much work. Um, Well, you're still moving through the curriculum at a great pace. So that's exciting. And are you planning on doing capstone? I would love to do capstone. Um, I just don't know if I can take off um, work for that long. Mm. So that's Mm -hmm. definitely something that I'm planning for. Um, so I'm not a hundred percent sure, but my heart is definitely there. <laughs> mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, mm-hmm. it sounds like, um, you've 
put in the work to make the core curriculum happen. So I'm sure that um, when the time comes, you'll probably figure it out. I get the feeling you'll figure it out. Yeah. <laughs> Great. Well, when we talked about doing these interviews, you reached out because one of the things that I put out there was talking about getting not yet because for new students, they are super scary. For prospective students, they are super scary. Um, for people afraid of failure, it's really intimidating. Uh, and you were like, I can talk about it. I got one. Uh, so do you want to tell us what happened? Yeah. <laughs> so it was actually my, it was my, um, then the 109 deprecated, right? So it was the written exam. So very, very first launch school assessment. Um, I actually felt good about taking it. Mm-hmm. Um I felt good about taking it. So I was surprised when I received the not yet. Um, I do remember though that during the actual um, examination, I didn't realize just how different the testing, the test taking um, was. I mean, in nursing school, we do have a lot of like select all that apply, a lot of multiple choice questions, but very rarely did we have anything where we had to problem solve or write out and explain things. And so I think for me, that was sort of the structure of the of the exam was a bit of a um, a change for me. Um, but overall, after I finished, I, I thought, you know, I, I got this. It was it was great. It was fine. I understand the concept. So I was I was pretty surprised when I got my revisions and then after that received my not yet. Um, I didn't run out of time. I, I turned it in at the right time um, or with with a little bit of time to spare. Um, but yeah, I was I was surprised. Um, wow. Together, not yet. Yeah. Mm-hmm. <laughs> yeah. I think, you know, it goes both ways that people feel good about it. And then sometimes you can tell by the end of the assessment, they like, no. Um, was it just then like the communication bit? I think for me, it was probably I underestimated what the exam was going to be. I, I mean, I'd read, like I said, I'd read the launch school, you know, mastery based learning um, and I think at the time I, I just sort of assumed that because I read through the material, um, mm-hmm. that I just knew, <laughs> I just knew everything I needed to know. Um, but it's, and it's, this is something I really appreciate about, um, the way that the, um, TAs, sorry, <laughs> about you, but mm-hmm. the way that the TAs, uh, give their feedback for the assessments, mm-hmm. um, cause I really, really love that, um, um, they really give you feedback. You know, it's not mm-hmm. just sort of like a got this question right. You missed some points. Um, you you're not ready to to pass or you're ready to to proceed. I really really appreciated that um, the feedback was very substantial, mm-hmm. and I really got the sense that um, my TA at Trevor, I think it was Trevor mm-hmm. who graded my my written. Um, he really made me feel that he was interested in making sure that I really mastered the material. Mm-hmm. Um, and I think that really shifted my perspective regarding like how I do on assessments. They still mm-hmm. make me nervous. Don't get me wrong. Yeah. Um, we were just talking about this before we started. I just took my, I just took my, uh, my first JavaScript uh, written assessment and I've still felt super nervous, but I think the difference between my first assessment in large school and, and, you know, moving along the assessments um, and now is is my perspective regarding assessment taking. And of course, it's a way for me to um, 
to identify, hey, am I ready to move on or not? Have I mastered the material or not? But I've also seen the assessments, particularly the revisions and the feedback I get from the TAs as opportunities for like growth and learning. Mm-hmm. Um, I apologize if I'm going on a bit of a tangent, but that's something that I really, really appreciate about the way things are being done in law school. Um, and with regard to assessments, it's very sort of like, here are all the opportunities where you can be better at things that you're mm-hmm. not as good at. Mm-hmm. Um and that's sort of the perspective switch that I've made in the course of taking all these assessments is, is yeah, it's still scary, but I see it as whatever the outcome is, it just means these are areas that I can become a better programmer, become a better student, um, that I can grow. These are, pl- these are areas that I can grow. Um, so, yeah. <laughs> right. Yeah, if mm-hmm. you get a not yet, I think the... Um, you're not just like left on your own um, to figure it out, right? The mm-hmm. the in a way, the worse you do on an exam, the more feedback you get, the more mm. time you spend on revisions and everything. Um, yeah. So how how did you feel afterwards? Did you like you were new to programming? <laughs> did you did part of you feel like um, oh this is like not for me? Or you you were like okay it's it's fine? Oh no, I almost um, I thought seriously about stopping to be really? honest I, yeah I was hit really hard with this feeling of like you don't belong here <laughs> oh no uh, you don't belong here you're yeah you're not capable like the other thing was it's like there's that voice in my head that was like you already have an established career what are you doing trying mm-hmm. to career transition into into this um so I felt very discouraged to be perfectly mm-hmm. honest um and since then, actually, every written assessment that I've done, um, it, it's almost as if there's some sort of PTSD that I've had to like. Oh, no. Um, yeah, because it's that feeling of it was the feeling in the first assessment of me feeling like I'm ready. But then getting that response of not quite. Yeah, <laughs> like you can't trust that, that now, feeling. Exactly. That I can't trust that feeling. Um, so I was I was pretty yeah, I was pretty sort of discouraged. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. Well, just to touch on that a little bit, we have addressed mm. some of that because I also took the 109D, but that's mm. now deprecated, right? So mm-hmm. that was a huge assessment. I mean, I think it was four hours. I think so. Maybe three or like and three a and a half. half. It was a long something. exam. It was really long and <laughs> yeah, it covered really so exam. much material. Um, it yeah. was probably the biggest exam. And so now it's split into two. So it's a little mm-hmm. bit small. It's like half the size. It's only two hours long and it covers half of the material. So it's still really intimidating. But uh, I think shortly after, uh, you know, you and I took that exam, mm-hmm. it switched to be, you know, a little bit more manageable and uh, not so intimidating. So hopefully that helps because, um, you know, mm. we did get that feedback that it was like a bit too much and a bit too big of a hurdle to pass. <laughs> and now the, you know, the exam after that, the live coding interview is also a super intimidating first mm-hmm. interview, um, which, mm-hmm. you know, you also uh, went through. And so now there's a different interview that is not live coding mm-hmm. challenges, right? It's more of just like a, 
uh, answering questions on the spot. So um, just as a side note for like people wanting to start, you know, you don't have to go through exactly what Trisha went through. Um, Mm -hmm. You know, it's still difficult, but we have like trimmed it down a little bit. And I will say too, that there's a lot of support. That's how, that's what I will say. Um, And I do feel like that the people at launch school, they do listen to feedback, which is what I really appreciated. Because when I learned about the story of launch school, like pre-launch school and seeing why we have interview assessments now that we previously didn't have interview assessments, that this is something that that was um, implemented because there was a real interest in making sure that students were successful after launch school and in the workplace um, and in job interviews specifically regarding like the interview assessments. Um, to me, that's... I mean, yeah, I would say that's one of the reasons why I ended up not just dropping out of launch school is, is knowing that um, there are people who are listening and people who are genuinely interested in my own success, mm-hmm. um, even if they've never met me before. And I think that was something that was very, I think that's very encouraging for someone who is so new to this and stepping into it. And, and again, having those feelings after the first assessment of being like, what am I doing here? Yeah. Well, I was going to ask that too. Like what, what did you do afterwards? Because of course, like you moved on and, um, Mm -hmm. you know, now you're crushing it. So did you, did you have study buddies? Like, did you find some like mentors of some sort? Like Mm -hmm. what happened? Yeah. I can't say enough about our little launch school community. Um, it was actually, um, someone who reached out to me, a launch school Mm -hmm. student, because I, I said, you know, I, I took the, the written, I like finally got a, like, I didn't get a not yet. I was able to, to be passed through to the next stage. So let me just schedule my interview. Um, and I was about ready to take the interview. And then someone reached out to me and, and she said, Hey, like, did you want to practice some live coding? Keep in mind at this point, I had never studied with anyone. I had never really? live coded with anyone. No, no, not at and all. And you were about to so take imagine. the interview. And I was about to take <laughs> I was about to take that 109. Oh my gosh, 109 coding interview. Um I obviously rescheduled, but having her reach out to me and sort of make that first point of contact and be like, hey, like let's let's live code together. One, made me realize how woefully unprepared I was for the interview. And two, she was sort of the gateway um, to my introduction to the law school community. I was part of the Slack um, general channel. And um, mm-hmm. like, I, I think I subscribed to one of the, the study group channels, but um, I was never really active um, on Slack. Um, and she sort of made me feel like it was okay to reach out to students and... Um, I don't know if you've ever felt this before, but there was always that feeling of, especially when you first start out, like, I feel weird about reaching out to people in courses ahead of me because I don't want them to, like, feel like they're being bothered or, like, I'm taking away their study time and they have to sort of, like, cater to me, someone who knows Mm -hmm. way less than they do. Um, But she was certainly ahead of me, but she didn't make me feel that way. Um, Mm -hmm. She made me feel like I was really supported. Um, Eventually, I... She and I prepped for the live coding together. She um, live coding interview together, and she introduced me to um, someone who actually is in my small group of study buddies now. So, back to what I was saying, like the law school community 
I would say if there was something that I, one thing that I would tell like prospective students or people who are just starting launch school to really try to incorporate into their, um, their learning strategy, it's get connected with a small group of people um, mm-hmm. or even with another person who can keep you accountable. So currently I study with about mm, consistently one to three people um, and we meet pretty much every day to study. Mm. Um, wow. Yeah. They are, I would say most of my like success in launch school or my progression through launch school has been because I've been meeting with them regularly and we've been keeping each other accountable. We've dragged each other over the line to the next course and the next course and the next course. Um, and these are the same people I turn to when I need encouragement, when I feel like I don't belong because that feeling hasn't gone away. It's mm-hmm. better um, but I think it's better because I've taken steps to plug myself into the community in that way. Um, I think it's also helped that um, I've like led spot sessions. Mm-hmm. And it's funny because people, I think there are a lot of people who see like being a spot lead as like, oh my God, a spot lead. It's like, guys, we're just students trying to create a space for other students to meet each other and to ask questions without the intent like I know a lot of people feel intimidated with TAs I mean Mm -hmm. I don't know if they've met you guys I think you're all amazing Mm -hmm. but there's always that sort of like stigma of like my god a TA is super formal so um yeah like I never thought I would ever do something like lead a spot session or or reach out to people and be like hey if you need someone to do a mock interview with like hit me up and I'll Mm -hmm. um I'll be happy to set aside time for you but Doing those things and being involved in the community, I think, has really helped me um, with confidence. We sort of talked about that with confidence, not just in my interviews, but just overall as a as um, um, a programmer who wants to mm-hmm. grow and to learn. Um, yeah. Yeah, that's great. There's there's so many things that being involved, because on one side, we're talking about like the confidence and you know, feeling like you're part of a community, which is amazing, but it also really helps technically. Like, Mm. um, it's not super surprising to get a not yet on your first assessment, especially if you haven't studied with other people. Because I tell Mm. people all the time, like there's, it's one thing to look at a problem, answer the problem and move on on your own. You can do that and still not fully comprehend. But when you work Mm. with other people, you like pick things apart and you play with them and you ask what if questions and you break the code, you know, you do all sorts of things. And so it really, mm-hmm. you know, not just in like a make me feel better kind of like community sense, which is amazing, but also like technically students mm-hmm. who have study buddies and study with other people do better in the curriculum, like they are mm-hmm. more successful uh, so that's great. And I, I love the spot sessions. That's how I started out too, was like leading spot sessions um, because I was really afraid of forgetting what I had learned. Mm-hmm. Um, I was going through the course, the courses fairly quickly in the beginning, and I was really afraid of just like forgetting everything from one course. So that was a way to connect with other people and like retain more what I had learned was the spot sessions. Um, so that's great. Um imposter syndrome. I feel like we've kind of touched on how you address that, but do you have anything you want to add? I think you mentioned before this interview that like you struggle with it big time. Yeah, I still do, to be honest. Um, But I think the difference between 
how I view imposter syndrome now um, compared to how I, I viewed it um, in the earlier courses was I used to see it as something to run away from. Um, and now I sort of use it as um, this sort of sounds like what I was mentioning earlier, but as an opportunity to for me to see what areas um, I am weak in. Um, if I have that feeling of like, uh, I'm not, I don't, I don't think I know this or I think imposter syndrome is driven partially by this feeling of like, I feel like I need to know this, but I don't know it yet. And other, other people know it. Like, I feel like I'm supposed to know this, but I don't know it yet. Everybody else does. Mm -hmm. I don't. And that, what, that's what makes me feel like that. Um, which can be seen as sort of like a, a negative thing and the, the instinct might be to like run away from it, but I think I've learned to take that feeling and say, yeah, it sucks that I feel that way, but that means that I've identified an area in my life or, you know, something technically um, that I'm not familiar with. And that's something that I can research on or, you know, write a medium article on or, you know, mm -hmm. sort of just figure out, hey, how can I feel um, more confident about this point? Um, so taking, yeah, using imposter syndrome as an ally, I guess, instead of like my enemy in a sense. Um, and the goal is just growth and learning and just becoming a stronger student, a stronger, you know, programmer. Um, cause I've actually talked to, uh, programmers who are, you know, they're staff engineers, like they work at these, these companies and they tell me that it's it's never going to go away. <laughs> mm -hmm. So instead of, you know, trying to escape it, I think uh, maybe a healthier way of dealing with it, um, which is what I'm trying to, to, to do better at is to sort of make it my friend and mm. um, learn how to live with it. So, yeah. Yeah. So it's not something where uh, it's like, oh, I just have to get through object oriented programming and then I'll feel like I belong right. or, oh, I just have to learn this thing a little bit better and then I'll feel like I belong. It's more of a, mm -hmm. a constant struggle. Yeah. And that's, yeah. I mean, that's the thing with programming that, you know, the people you're talking to in the field have probably said as well that you'll never be the best in the room pretty much mm -hmm. ever. Um, mm -hmm. There's always someone who knows more. There's always someone who's been doing it for longer um, so it's just something that we have to kind of embrace and celebrate. Like, I think, uh, personally before launch school, I really liked being the best in the room. Like a mm. lot of the things that I did and a lot of the things that I chose to do, I was really into like being the best at. And so that's something mm. that I had to change as well was like, there are people here who are better than me and there are people here who are like technically, uh, just you know, they're more clever at coding or they're better at articulating mm -hmm. themselves or, you know, this or that. And um, that's okay. You just have to be excited about the fact that they're willing to share their time with you, right? The same with having someone look at your code, uh, like being criticized, not criticized, but constructive criticism uh, after mm -hmm. an assessment, right? Um, I actually remember taking an assessment and, um, maybe almost pushing back a little bit, like being like, no, I do know this. And, um, you know, it turns out I didn't like my answer was wrong. <laughs> <laughs> surprise, surprise. But, um, 
I think that mentality is really valuable here of just being open to learning and being open to learning from the people around you. Um, even like if you're a spot lead and one of the students calls you out on something, right? And you're like, oh, actually, you're right. Like, I, I didn't know that. Yeah. I was I was trying to think if I remembered who I heard this from. But um, someone had said that if you are the smartest person in the room, maybe you should go to a different room. I think it's that idea of like learning from the people around you. If you mm -hmm. are the person in that room who knows everything, perhaps, you know, it's it's better to, to go to a place where you don't know everything and, and you'll be able to learn um, and grow in that way. So, um, yeah, it's interesting, too, because I've tried to convince people that I, I know to um, become spot leads because I think there's a lot of students who have great leadership potential. Mm -hmm. um, and it's funny when I talk to them, they, they usually will say the same thing where it's like, oh, like a spot lead, like that seems so intimidating. And I tell them, do you know what my secret is? I go because I just leave the space. I provide the space and I just listen to them talk about talk about the things that they know. Um, I don't really do anything. I'm just <laughs> sort of there to listen. And if they have a question, then maybe I can, and they don't know the answer, then I can, they can answer. But usually it's just me sort of marveling at, oh my God, sorry, I forgot. I forgot about that. Or, mm -hmm. um, yeah. So it's, I don't know. That's kind of my secret. <laughs> yeah. Right. And uh, Benjamin and I talked a little bit about this during his interview that when you first show up to launch school, it seems like everyone around you is like the cool kid who knows what yeah. they're doing. Like they show up and they see that Trisha posted something about like, you know, her JavaScript course and she's in the front end curriculum, like how mysterious and everything. <laughs> but you're still just Trisha who like showed up and did the same thing and like was marveling mm. at everyone and, you know, didn't feel comfortable reaching out to people. Uh, so part of what's great here is that like no one is too cool for school. You know, there's no mm -hmm. cool kids at launch school. <laughs> um, great. Okay. So that's that's your not yet. That's kind of like what you did. Is there anything else that um, you study with other people and mm -hmm. you, you know, you keep yourself super open to like learning from how you how your imposter syndrome is like what it's telling you more than like intimidating. Is there anything else that you've employed in your studies that you feel like has helped you, you know, not just overcome and not yet, but also like move forward successfully in the curriculum? Hmm. Um, so I do do some extra launch school reading. But I have to be careful with that. Um, it's, it's tempting to want to look at outside resources and certainly sometimes I found them helpful to help me develop my own mental model um but I'd, I'd say that if that's something that a, a student wants to do I'd say just be very careful about making sure that at the end of the day especially when it comes to assessments that you um abide by what launch school is um using in terms of terminology and mm -hmm. even in terms of um your mental model. But I have found it um, helpful to read not just one, that's the other thing is I don't really read from just one resource, 
Um, mm-hmm. And if I can find sort of the, for example, in JavaScript now, it's it's the MDN web docs, you know, looking mm-hmm. at the documentation um, and reading off of that as much as possible and, and maybe reading, you know, Medium articles and articles from multiple sources to try and construct my own mental model. But at the end of the day, um, sort of putting it up against the launch school curriculum definition of that particular concept or mental model of that particular concept. Um, but personally, I found that helpful. I would just say, I would just say, just be careful about that. Mm-hmm. Um, use it as a tool and not as a Bible, I guess. That's yeah. Right. <laughs> the way to say it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Great. Let's see. We talked about imposter syndrome. We talked about you're not yet. Um, so now your circle of study buddies, do you have study buddies that are like at the same place as you? Do you still connect with the people behind you in the curriculum? Because everyone's moving at their own pace. So do you have people ahead of you, behind you? So there are, there are three people who are in and around the same course. So we're, Mm -hmm. um, we're about getting ready. I just took the assessment today, but um, we're all in 210, in JS 210. Um, but there's someone who also studies with us who is in uh, 120, um, mm. someone who's in 175, 180, and um, another person who um, I believe was in 175 but is in 180 as well. Mm-hmm. Um, so there are people of of different um, in different places in the in the curriculum, which is great because every so often there'll be a question, um, either from people in the same group or someone who is a few courses back. Um, I do wish, part of me kind of wishes that we had someone in a course ahead of us. Mm -hmm. Um, But we don't. (laughs) I don't know what to say about that. Um, I think for me, when it comes to questions, questions that I, or situations where I'd want to reach out to someone, um, in a course ahead of me, I would just like reach out to them, um, like get, you know, on Slack, just DM them. Mm-hmm. But in there the are uh, people in the study group. Exactly. Um, but otherwise, yeah, there are, I think that's helpful to have that in, in like just different people of different courses in different courses mm-hmm. in the, the same group. Cause it, it does keep you fresh. So let's <laughs> finish, let's finish up with just some, some Trisha advice. So I want to know, um, what advice you might have for new students who are feeling nervous about a potential not yet or who've just received a not yet? I would say feel your feels, feel however you want to feel, but ultimately keep going. Keep going. Um, You're not the only person who has felt that way. Many of us have. (laughs) Many Many of us still do. Um, but don't let that keep you from, from going, uh, plug yourself into a community, um, here at launch school, because there are people out there who, um, will support you and will take you through your journey and people to remind you that, um, that you can do it. Um, and these are the same people who are also technically proficient at things, um, but aren't the best at everything, which is great. Um, Mm -hmm. Because for the things that they're not good at, you probably will be. So keep going. 
don't stop. Cool. That sounds like a song. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. One more question I had is just how do you know? Because um, you got a knot yet, but now mm-hmm. it seems like you don't get a knot yet. So you're, you're cruising pretty well through the course, except I shouldn't say that because you have an assessment out for grading right now. So that probably just makes you even more nervous. Oh. Um, <laughs> I'm sure it'll be great. Um, how do you know when you're ready to take an assessment? Um, I think there's like, let's say there's a, there's a few ways I can tell. Um, one of them, and this is kind of a joke, but not really, is when I've, I've gotten tired of, of seeing the material. Um, when I feel like I've exhausted all of the questions on the spot wiki, you know, all of the questions I've done twice on the, you know, in the curriculum, all of the exercises, and I'm just tired of seeing the material. Um, that's not the only way I can tell, but that's one of them. Uh, another way is I, I bounce my preparedness off of my study buddies. Um, they sort of have a pretty good gauge of whether I'm ready or not based on my performance with the questions they asked me. Mm-hmm. Um, and the third is if I can teach it to someone, then I feel pretty good about being able to take, um, the assessment. Mm-hmm. Uh, yeah. Yeah. It's, That's yeah. all super Those solid. The yeah. The first one, I think some of us can use that technique. That's definitely what I do. I've taken a few assessments <laughs> where I didn't know I was going to take the assessment that morning when I woke up and I started mm-hmm. to study and I was like, I can't do this anymore. I'm taking the <laughs> assessment like today. Um, a lot of people can't do that kind of like on a whim approach or like I'm tired mm-hmm. of this. Let's go. But um, if you can, that's great. And the the other two are really solid, you know, um, explaining it, teaching someone is really important. Like uh, if you can pull up that study guide and explain it verbally, like literally out loud, um, mm-hmm. that's a really good indication, I think, for most people. Um, mm-hmm. More than just being like, yeah, I understand that, but actually putting it to words. Yeah. Yeah. Great. Uh, well, this was so great. I'm it's great to chat with you. Um, I learned some things. I can't believe that you almost took your 109D interview without ever live coding in front of anyone. Yeah. Um, Isn't that crazy? Shout out <laughs> to whoever reached out to you because I get the feeling, maybe not, but I get the feeling you probably would have gotten a second not yet. Oh, yeah. uh, so for anyone listening, like <laughs> take part in the community, right? It's not just to have friends. It's, you know, to... Mm-hmm ground yourself in like what's required here and the expectations and um, to get a better sense of where you're at and when you're ready. Okay. Any final thoughts? Um, No, not really. Just uh, come send me a a message if you need to mock interview with um, someone. Um, If you have any questions about anything, I'm very open. I am still a student, so I might get some things wrong, but then we can figure it out together. So, yeah, yeah, yeah. Great. All right. Thank you, Trisha. Thanks, Brandy. Okay. Bye. Bye.